tuning in. I'm Chris. And I am your perpetually over-caffeinated co-host, Jake. <laughs> and the optimist. The <laughs> perpetual optimist. How's it going? It's good. How are you? Very good. Did you, uh, did you get your Lotus yet? I, I haven't yet. No. I, I feel a what's theme the, coming what's on the delay? What's the problem? Week. Well, as I stated last week, I am going to probably be waiting until spring to really do my searching. Why? Because I'm probably going to end up in the spring it from is tax the time. Country. It's tax time. Everybody tries to sell stuff in the, the high spring. market. It's in the spring as people are getting excited about doing stuff in the summertime. They get their tax returns. Everybody's yeah. buying stuff. You could do it in the wintertime when well, someone's desperate to sell their car. How about after the holidays? I'll start looking. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll let I'll you know a, what I find after the holidays. I'm still going to bother you. I should actually start <laughs> looking for you and start spamming links. Yeah, I wouldn't mind that. All right. What else is going on with you? Um, what is going on with me? I got in a little fender bender with, with my daily driver, the truck yesterday. What did the other car, what was the other car? Well, see, that's, that's, what's <laughs> great. The merits of driving a Hummer here it was actually, my wife was driving and it was not her fault at all. She was in a, a parking lot and some guy backed into her. She happened to be in the car though at the time. And someone backed into her. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And so and they, he, didn't, they didn't see it. Apparently not. <laughs> no. And he was in a pickup. Maybe you should have gotten one of the yellow yeah, a yellow uh, that would have been a little too obnoxious. <laughs> My wife actually would have loved that. If it was a manual and you found, because you were looking for a manual, if it would have been this yellow. This is a manual. I know. And if it would have been yellow when you found it, would I you have bought, bought it? it. Oh, you would have yeah. bought it? Oh, yeah. They what only was, made 56 What if it was pink? What if it was a Mary Kay? They didn't make those. But. <laughs> then, no, that's, no? A, that's okay. a hard stop. All right, all right, just check it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. But at any rate, yeah, there's like a little plastic um, kind of trim panel on the bumper. Yep. And so that. That did get dented on mine, but that's fine. I've actually had to replace that before, which is ironic. That yeah, that's, that's why. That's, that I think that's why damaged. that stuff is there. Yeah, but then so the Silverado it shattered his tail light and dented his bumper and ha. everything else. So yeah, plebeian. Yeah. Exactly. Right on. Um, Surprised he didn't see you. I know that is kind of funny. You know, there was a speaking of uh, spouses getting into accidents. Way back in the day, um, I had been teaching Jess to do e-brake slides. Okay. And uh, <laughs> this was in like a twenty. 10 god i don't know it was a mark 5 rabbit whatever it was right okay. and and i had r32 rear bumper on it r32 front bumper on it It was a cool okay. car manual it was white yep. really like that car anyway so we were out in the wintertime just doing e-brake slides i'm like you do this and you can kind of like hold the button down right. and kind of you know modulate what you're doing anyway like a week later she comes home and she's like <laughs> a big chunk of ice fell off this truck and smashed the front of the rabbit i'm like oh no i go out there and i'm looking at it i'm like I don't know. There's a lot of scrapes right up. here. This doesn't add up. <laughs> and finally, I got out of her that she'd been trying to practice e-brake slides without me. Oh, that's And hilarious. it drove it into a snowbank. <laughs> okay. I was going to say, this is in winter, of course. Yeah, yeah. So she drove it into a snowbank and, you know, destroyed the bumper. Well, I was actually happy. I'm I was like, going to say, awesome. at least, yeah, she was enthusiastic about this. Yeah. Right? And even here on the parking lot at the at the studio here, I was, I was drifting around a little bit, and I wasn't doing a very good job. Uh-huh. And Irene goes, this, my daughter goes, yeah. this is boring and and jess goes yeah this is a pretty weak display i'm like i can't oh, turn the t- sad you can't turn the traction control off in the new in the new sport wagon oh really you can turn it off but there's still mommy there that kind of tries to you can't like press and hold it longer to turn it off or anything like so like it's that. really off right yeah, no that's nothing. what i have to do in my truck, maybe i need like know. a special bicotti veyron key to turn that yeah exactly yeah nope and my old mercedes wagon was like that too you could never oh. fully turn it off that's it interesting. a bummer. Well, yeah, that is too bad. Yeah, I was going to say I actually did the same thing, <laughs> pulling into the parking lot here. It's huge. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a big open space. Speaking of winter, I've also been um, not really car-related, but rebuilding snowblowers. This is because I'm okay. somewhat mechanically inclined. All, All right. my neighbors and friends are like, hey. Oh, you're uh, doing it for other people. Oh, yeah. Okay. And they give me a little little cash on the side, which is fine. Sure. But fun fact, uh, when you're running a two-cycle snowblower, you shouldn't grab the red hot exhaust as a handle. Wait, two cycle snowblower? How old is this thing? Um, That's got to be old. Yeah, it's one of those little like snow pups, you know? Oh, okay. the little ones where it doesn't have the big two where, stage. Where at some point you just might as well just get out the freaking shovel because it's probably going to work better. <laughs> this one works really well, actually. Yeah, the snow's like two inches deep. Starting at first but yeah so i ended up grabbing the hot exhaust and that wasn't fun so that's oh yeah that's, that's the highlight of my week somewhat mechanically inclined he right. says well true <laughs> yeah that's i kind of just shot myself in the foot there um anything else i guess i i decided to put some work into the mg like I know just to keep it on the road from drift so you can drift around the roundabout next time without crashing or what? yeah no i i have a bunch of interior and stuff that i had planned on finishing up for the project and just never got around to. So okay. even if I do end up selling it in the spring, I figure that that doesn't hurt it. So right. give me something to do in the, in the garage in the meantime. There you go. Yeah, I haven't I haven't had too much going on. I uh, I got my, my wheels 
finally shipped from 1552. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you'd seen the wheels yet, but I've got a I picture have. here. The, I And we didn't, you mentioned they were the Outlaw style, but yeah. not the Magnus Walker Outlaw. These are the Outlaw 003. Yeah, the five spoke, the, right. the ones that are basically, they harken back to the 917. The exactly, with the fake center lock, which yep. if our listeners know, I was harking on. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know if I'm going to keep there's like that little silver finish on there. I'm going to see how I it see looks. Um, if I don't like how that looks, I might just kind of do like is here. Yeah. So just we're looking at a photo here and it's kind of the uh, are you are you minor gold? They are. OK. Yeah, so, so you are golden. Before blue. you said you weren't releasing. Uh, yeah, it's finish. gold. Yeah. So it's gold. It's that gonna, was my vote. Actually. You know, my worry about doing the gold was that, you know, I asked a couple of people, I'm like, I think I think this thing looks like a Subaru. <laughs> golden blue. Golden blue. But everybody's <laughs> no. like, yeah, whatever. Who cares? Don't no, worry. No, I like it. it. It's it's the motorsport finish, right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I got tires for it that I've been sitting around, and they're okay. the Pirelli P0 Trofeo R N4. Okay. And I was like, what the hell does N4 mean? But yeah. this is like a actually a Porsche spec tire. It's a N4 is the Porsche um, oh, really? approval so for the Pirelli tire. Pirelli makes a Porsche specific tire in in a 15. Wow. So this That's is going to be a uh, 225-50-15, which is like going to be really close. I had a 245-15. Okay, so you're filling out point. that fender a bit more. It's going to be full. <laughs> and the, they're rolled, so okay. it, I mean there's going to be there's going to be room for them, I hope. Is that suspension adjustable in the rear? Oh yeah, it's fully adjustable. Is that where is it the uh, torsion yep. spring yep. where you have to re-index the torsion? Yep, you put like a little uh, a, a dial and not a dial indicator, yeah, but a, like a like level. A level. Yeah, like the little you stick a level on there and you yep. try to get the same degree. Exactly. Uh, on each one, and then you okay. can adjust. Well, the worst height. case, you, you just move it up one notch. No, no, no. If they don't, if the <laughs> tires don't fit, I'll buy new tires and try something else. Okay. Um. So that'll be cool. It's the the only problem with those tires is they're really, really, really sticky. It's I like, thought you were going to say expensive, which I believe is well. also true. For for <laughs> you know, for me, they're expensive. For all the well you know, millions yeah. of people that are buying these tires with nine elevens, are probably not. But let's put like it this a, way: I still look on Craigslist for takeoff tires for a lot of my vehicles. So. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah I, I don't. I don't, typically I don't own a car long enough to wear the tires out. The yeah. I wore the Dunlops out that were on my on, your ATS on my ATS wheels. Yep. It's the first set of tires I've ever worn out completely. Well, you you drive ever. that thing. Yeah, so like I, you're wearing out tires. I definitely wore the tires out on that, which is That's rare. Impressive. The only car in my entire life out of all of the like. I must have owned 100 cars by now. I should go through a list, and I'll just, I'll, like, rapid-fire a list maybe next week. Just be like, I was going to say, we rabbit, should. Rabbit, 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 golf, rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> go a lot through. of Mark ones. Yeah, a lot of we Mark ones. We should go through that sometime. Um, but I was, uh, as I was thinking about doing the tires, they're really sticky tires. Okay. So they're race, sla- or street slash race tires. So they're like a race compound, but they've got a little so bit of a. considered like a DOTR? I don't know what that means. Is that like a? I don't know actually how you specify. Is that it, a, but it's, it's actual a thing. R compound. It's an R compound, but with deeper tread. Okay. So you can drive it on the street. At least yep. I think it is. But I just like oh Porsche spec tire. I'll just put that on there. <laughs> um, so, but the problem is, is that I used to have um, our compound tires on my car before. Okay. And I know that it wasn't quite as fun. Right, as it used to be, because it didn't slide are around. Higher now. Yeah. So I'm probably going to be dealing with a little bit of that. Um, the last I last time I had two forty fives. And uh, this time it's, you know, uh, 225.45. This time it's 225.50 for a little bit of a puffier look yep. on the tire. Yeah, make it look a little bit more I meaty. Like so I hope it fits. Um, the opposite of stretch. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> nice little puffy tires. Um, the other thing is uh, I was going to get carbs for the car. Oh, wow. But I, but I decided this year I'm going to do all suspension work. Okay. So I figure the car's fast enough. I'll do a valve adjustment. And then okay. I'm just going to stick with... Now, you just rebuilt that engine like two years ago, right? Uh, It's actually like three or four years okay, ago now. I was going to say, how often do you have to do a valve adjustment on it? I'm overdue. Oh, really? And the reason I'm overdue is because I didn't expect that I'd actually driven it this much. Yeah, you did drive it. I mean, I drove it all of a sudden. You drove it across country. Yeah, but not even that. I mean, I drove it out to the East Coast a couple times. Okay. Drive it back to my parents' house in Milwaukee a couple times, and I drove it every day all summer. Yep. So 40, 50,000 miles. And it's not like your modern cars with hydraulic lifters. You have to actually adjust them. Yeah, these. I have to go in there and adjust them. Yep. So I'm going to have a buddy. I hate doing it. Yeah. Can, just, you can remove the valve. Yeah, you pull the valve right covers off, and you have to get like a little feeler gauge in there. Yep. Yeah, I've and done it, it on the MG. Yeah, it's, well, this sucks more. Trust oh, I, me. Yeah, because you have to be <laughs> up on a lift working above your head. Yeah, it sucks more. Well, you can't be up on a lift because you have to go from cylinder to cylinders. Um, you know, it's a flat engine, right? right? So you go, you stand at the back and you have to do cylinder one, so whatever the firing order is, you go through and do it in an order that you want to do it in. Right. So you're rotating the engine over. So you don't want to be crawling from underneath the car to the, on top of the car because the, 
the uh, the intake valves are on the top of the motor. Oh, you and the exhaust valves down. You have to go top, and then you go on the other side of the car right. to get the exhaust valves. So you're going back and forth and back I and gotcha. forth. So typically, you just put the car on jack stands or to okay. do it, and you just lay on the ground and do it and fiddle fuck around with the stupid little feeler gauge. Yep. So I'm gonna have my buddies come over and help me because I'm super. I'm impatient with it. It just drives me nuts because you're, you're trying <laughs> yeah, to get in there with this little feeler gauge and the screwdriver plus a 10 millimeter wrench, and you're yep, trying to you like hold the stud and turn oh, it down. Oh god, not fun. It's finicky. So, you need patience. for yep, something like so that. so having one of my buddies around will help you know keep me help patient. motivate you at least. Yeah, so I won't have any tools sticking out of the wall when I chuck them. <laughs> so, um, well, before we get any farther, I just want to uh, run an ad by uh, one of our favorite sponsors, Further Performance. Further Performance is a Minneapolis-based automotive repair shop that does restoration, performance, and specializes in European cars. They offer services from headlight to tailpipe. You can find them on Further Performance at fptune.com, F-P-T-U-N-E-D.com. They're always working on some pretty cool stuff over there from 911s to dune buggies to everybody's daily driver. Uh, definitely a shop worth having a look at if you, uh, if you drive anything European. All right. As everybody knows, it is winter here. And I wanted to talk a little bit about what Minnesotans and, you know, other Midwest and snow ridden places do for fun in the winter with cars. Either you're working on a project, right? You've got a, right. your other car in your project, but, and you don't want to drive any of your nice cars necessarily in the snow and the salt and ruin them. Right. So what do you do? Well, yeah. So for people who don't live up here in the snow belt or rust belt, as we call it, you know, you don't realize that we kind of have this off season for cars where, we either, like you said, are working on our projects or you're futzing around having fun in the snow. Yep. So how do you turn an off-season into an on-season? Well, you know, traditionally, at least the way I grew up, you have a winter beater, right? Right. And you don't have to worry about your precious show car you have in the garage, but you can still, you know, go whip shitties in the snow and have fun. Right. So my I've got, I made a list, and, you know, this is it's a short list. I mean, there were so many other cars on here that I had thought about. I mean, it was just like car after car. I'm like, oh, I had to delete this because I didn't want this to go on forever. Because we can't just mention every all-wheel drive car that was ever right. made. Yeah, because um, so there are there are some obvious choices in this list. Absolutely. But I wanted to broaden it a little bit because not everybody wants to drive, you know, a, a torsion uh, differential car, right? Not everybody wants to, <laughs> you know, kind You're of talking Audis here. Yeah, yeah. So not everybody wants to do that. So they have <laughs> right. other tastes or whatever the case may be. So I tried to broaden it a little bit. So these are your top picks for the best winter car, not necessarily a winter beater. But it's before not. We, before we get it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah, I was just gonna say, do we have criteria here for your for your list? It had to. Be, so I didn't really have a criteria for the list. I wanted it to be somewhat quote unquote reasonable. Because yep. nobody's gonna go out. I'm not. No one's gonna go buy a brand new RS3 and be like, this is my winter car. And if well, they are, good for them. Who is that? But it's not me. Who is that snowboarder that drove his Lamborghini in the winter? Do you remember seeing this? I saw that, but I don't. Come on, that. Could, <laughs> Maybe I'm that just, was all he had I'm left. I'm you're, you're wrong here. So Snowboarder, maybe that's all he had left was that Lamborghini. Yeah, exactly. He had his Lamborghini, his boots, and his snowboard. His <laughs> house got repoed or or taken and seized from whatever. Um, but, so, but the thing is, I want to explain to people a little bit about why we have winter cars. It's not just we don't have to drive our nice cars. Right. Because you could easily just drive a – you could drive around a Chevy Tahoe like I do with all-wheel drive, and it's boring, right? Nobody's driving around and goes, hey, look at that guy with this winter Tahoe. It doesn't right. happen that so, way. So yeah, it, from it, an enthusiast to enthusiast standpoint, you it, want to have something cool. Right. It kind of gives you an excuse to buy another car or use another car that you wouldn't normally. It, it's not like this isn't a cool car, but it's kind of there's some some kind of weird things on the list. Right. Right. So I would never have like a. I don't want to give your list away, but there are some some different cars in here. They're a little quirky. Yeah. That are fun for the winter and you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to worry about it. And it's, you know, when you're driving around and you see somebody with like an E30 325iX or um, like a, even if it's not on the list, but it's like a lowered Subaru Forester yep. or something, you, you go, yeah. Or a raised Subaru Or a raised one or whatever <laughs> the case may be. You're like, yeah, that guy gets it. He's still trying to have right. fun, even though it's shitty out and he's trying not to be depressed and he's got a cool car. And the thing is, you know that all these people that own these cars are just waiting for it to snow. Like, please, God, snow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you want to actually so have not fun and use it. you're burning up your snow tires. <laughs> um, okay, so first on the list, and I put this as, and this is in no particular order, so I'm not playing favorites here by mentioning right. this first or anything, but it is the BMW 325iX, which is the E30 all-wheel drive. Right. I think it was I think it was actually their first real foray into all-wheel drive. I believe it was. Because um, I don't think there was anything else before no. then. And not a great car overall if if you're gonna have a fun car that's an e30 
it would be just a three twenty five IS, yeah, right? You would just drive. you know you'd build a get a three twenty five E and make a stroker engine out of it or whatever the case may be. Um, but you wouldn't buy this because they're expensive to maintain. They have different bumpers and they don't necessarily look as cool. But as a winter car. It's cool because you're still driving an E30, which is basically yep, but you have you know, all-wheel drive, quote unquote, God's chariot, right? The E30 <laughs> is God's chariot, as it's called in BMW circles. Yep, yep. So you can still do that. You can still drive one. The only problem is they're really, really expensive to maintain. Like stuff goes wrong, you're fucked. Yeah, I just so I our listeners can't look ahead at our list here, but I'm just thinking to myself, there are so many other cars on this list that I'd rather drive in the winter than that. Right. But if you're a BMW guy, right. This is yeah, you can, you get can these stay cheap. within the brand and you know, yeah, you can get it cheap and when it's when it breaks, you just roll it off into the ditch and <laughs> grind the, you know, the VIN number off and you're all done. Oh, is that how you do it? That's how you do it. Okay. Um, next on the list is one of my all-time favorites and my dad used to have one of these. Okay. And it was when I was it was already I was already out of high school and he had this car. So I never got to I never drove it. I just saw it around. So that's why you still kind of yearn for I it. I yearn for it because I want I want to experience this. Yeah, you've mentioned this before. The Subaru Justy. The Subaru Justy, which is a short wheelbase, little Subaru, and uh I th- let me see when they were made. 1990. You can get one from like the early nineties, late eighties. Yep. And it's it, and it's a hatchback. It's a it's hatchback. A teeny little hatchback yep. Subaru. Yep. And there there's there's nothing spectacular about it, but they're really, really basic. And I think that the short wheelbase would make them yeah. really, really fun. And you can find them <laughs> $1,000, 2000 $3,000 for, like, a really nice one. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one that's, you know, I, I put it in the running for the Craigslist Car of the Week, but I'll, I'll just talk about it now. Um, there is a, uh, there's one in Seattle on Craigslist right now. Okay. Um, it's, it's a manual three-cylinder. Yeah, so they had three cylinders in these. Was, was this the same chassis as, like, the, uh, the Brat? I have no idea. I really, really I, don't. Yeah, you know. And um, the Brat's obviously a much longer wheelbase. Right, but, but I don't are know those all wheel Subaru Brats all wheel drive too? Yep. Yeah, yep. little with the little. Because they had the big '70s style sticker on the side yeah. that said four by four. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't mind having one of those too, except I would find a truck in the winter far less useful than I would a really? hatchback. Yeah, I just I want the short wheelbase. That's what's fun. Yeah. You can really throw that well, stuff you say around. Useful. I, <laughs> useful. You can't for, argue. This, with... this is fun. This yeah, list okay. is for fun. Okay. Useful you know, for fun. Nobody's like, I can't wait to drive my winter car to Lowe's. I mean, that's no one he's doing that. But they are saying, I can't wait to drive my car to Lowe's at two o'clock in the morning in a blizzard. So you can have the empty parking lot. So you can have the empty parking yep, lot. There you go. So, um, yeah, so that's that's one I would of of the cars on this list. This is the one I actually want. Yeah, I'm it not, not going to argue with you. I list. would like to drive one. So if anybody has one they, around in, yeah. in Minneapolis area, <laughs> let know. please please let me know. I really would love to drive it and, and and just even have a look at it. I would really really enjoy that. Yeah, these these are definitely rare because now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever even seen one around. I've never seen one driving around here ever. I've lived here for 15 years now, and I have not seen a Subaru Justy driving Maybe around. Maybe they all rusted because they were they 100 did. They absolutely <laughs> did. Um, because they were everybody's winter beater. They were cheap, and I'm sure in the late '90s these mm-hmm. things were like five bucks. You know, oh, they I'm were sure, they were just getting old cheap. and rattling apart. So the next one on our list here is my perennial favorite, and I this I, is your favorite on the list. This is this is your pick. Yeah, well, I mean, this isn't even a car. This is like a a entire genre of a car. Right. Yeah. Your early '90s Audi Quattros. Yep. And this is taken into account any of your. You know, URS4s, the S6s, that 20-valve turbo. That 24, that's the reason, you know. It really it's, is. It's cool. Those are the coolest engines. I had a buddy, I had two friends that actually had URS4s with that 20-valve. And then, you know, you also talk about kind of the the 4,000s they made. And what was the wagon based on that same chassis? Well, you can really get like big. an S6 wagon. Yep. Yeah. But that's, that's you know what's different. Th- amazing about those cars, though, is the seats. I don't know if you've ever have you ever sat in one yeah. with the sports seats with yeah. the heated sports seats. Oh yeah, the, they are the best seats ever made. They are comfy, best factory seats ever. I just I, even the rear seats were heated as well, and I know that for a fact because we road tripped out to Road America years ago when I was in high school, and I fell asleep, and the guys kept turning on the heated seats back there, <laughs> and I was just sweating out of my mind. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think this is you can't argue with an old Audi. For is that a something car. that Minnesotans do in general? Because if I'm in anybody's car and we're just driving around, I can, I'll kind of like glance out the window okay. to make them look away, and I'll immediately turn their heat seater on from the passenger seat. I'll immediately it feels do that. Good, but then you're just sweating in your own. It's ass like sweat. usually it's like ninety to one hundred twenty seconds later. You fucking asshole! Yeah. They turn the yeah, they turn the heated seat off. You know, I always try to do that. So if I'm, I'm ever driving around with you, watch your heated okay, seat. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll know what's going on. 
Um, so next, I mean, there's a lot of Audi on this list, and there's a reason for that. It's, if you look over the history of Audi with you know snow and everything yep. like that, there's video after video and marketing after marketing with their all-wheel drive system being it's great, the best. Locking differentials in some of these older models. I wouldn't take the 20 valve though. I think it's too finicky or too. They're um, not finicky. They're extremely they're, reliable. Yeah, they're extremely reliable. But I think it's too easy. You know, if if okay. if I saw one of those driving around, I'd be like, oh, that's sweet. That guy's an enthusiast. But if I had an old like 83, 84 okay. Audi 4000 Quattro. And I was driving around, and I saw one a guy with that. I'd be, oh yeah, that's really cool, because those are gone. They're you could gone. get those with the turbo motor, but it's a ten valve turbo. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I would just and want those the national cool aspirated. Too. Yeah, and that, that's kind of in the same vein. The four thousand wasn't the five thousand also an Audi model, and was that the wagon? I'm thinking yeah, of. Yeah, I don't know if they're a wagon. I'm not a super Audi dude. I don't know. I think the five thousand was still a sedan. It's just bigger. Okay. Um, but yeah, those things were awesome, and and you could put the little skinny little pizza cutter tires on those and things. Just get through anything. But with the big with the big body stuff, yep. it just doesn't seem like you can put like little one fifty five tires on there. <laughs> well, you probably could, but it would look but weird. Imagine driving that in the not snow with some tall profile skinny tires. It'd just be like yeah, it'd, like it'd wiggling all over, over the place. The road but with like an old Audi four thousand, mm, that would be awesome. It I would could really really get into that. Yep. <laughs> Dead. I'm we're, glad you. We're both pining after you know an old Audi now at this point. Yeah, we're gonna go sell our cars it. and get those. Um, what else? Are you, what else are you looking at here on your list? Well, I wanted to maybe touch on a safe car as okay. well. So I put the Volvo V70 yes, R, the Swede, all-wheel drive wagon on here. And you know the problem is is that 99% of these are automatic. Yeah. When you look at them, they're almost all in these every V70s, time I see one. You mean? Yeah, but they're cheap. Okay. Yeah. So if, I haven't really looked at. Older I made this Volvos. list. I didn't put the R on there, but now I want the R. I just yeah. as I'm sitting here thinking about, I want a V70R wagon. It's um, almost too too rare or cool for like a winter beater. But there's the thing is, is that you wouldn't want to drive a nice one around. But there's ones that are already pieces of shit. Just gonna clapped out. That, you that, that they're there's too far gone anyway. Because that really is the key here is you don't have to want to worry about it too much. Right. Because then it defeats the purpose. Exactly. Yeah. I I don't I wanted something I can drive into a curb on accident and not care. and not care. Yep. And drive exactly. the thing home with a bent control arm and just be like, oh, fuck it, just <laughs> sell the thing. Yeah. Or you know what? Well, you're only going to drive it for another month. So yep. the uh, the other um, so I got I had to find a Volkswagen on here because it's yep. really close to my heart. And this is really tough because I don't know that you would really <laughs> want one of these as a winter car just well, because they're I, worth money now. So yeah, this is a Mark IV R32. Right. I had a Mark IV R32. You did. I drove it in the winter for three or four years. And it's it's still the car I wish I wouldn't have sold. Why is like, that? I still miss that car. Why? I don't it, everything about it. More the sound, that VR6, right. burble, the the Chewbacca, as they call it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. But how did it was it was small, you know, a little hatchback. It was super comfortable. It's just I mean, Mark IVs are, you know, By the way, a lot don't, of, don't make that noise ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very good, Chewbacca. No, no, not in my okay. ear. No good. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Mark IV, they get a lot of hate from the Volkswagen guys just because they're kind of too, like, posh in a way. The, the R32 is? No, just Mark IV, that chassis as, oh. as a whole. Well, now they're just trashed. Mark IVs are now kind of like... You can't find they're, them they're in toast. good shape. They're just junk. They're piles of shit. But the R32 is generally... Were pretty well maintained because yeah. they're still worth eight, ten, twelve thousand dollars. I sold mine, it was it was still in mint shape. I missed that. Yeah, those are cool. And you know, the doing donuts in those in the snow with the exhaust snow is fantastic. Yep. Plus, you can mess around with the Heldex controller a little bit and get different. Yeah, they made a controller where you could actually split it 50-50 instead yeah. of just being on. You know, when your front tires were slipping. Yeah, and that was super cherry. You could do some fun stuff with yep. that. Um, next on the list, and this is this is for me. I love these things. I'm going to agree with it. Okay, but it's got to be the special edition that I'm talking about. Okay, so, so tell us. it's a Jeep Cherokee Sport four liter. Yep. Um, but I don't know if this was, but the one that I, I like is not necessarily the Sport. That's kind of like that. What you would go find is you go find a Jeep Cherokee Sport. The Sport is the two door. Right, it's the coupe. I, th and I think that the Sport is the coupe, the two-door. I believe so, because I had a friend with one of these as well, and I'm trying to remember like what year range these were. I think I'm they were sure made we're for a really long time. The same late '90s, passing. early 2000s. Yep. they made the Sport, and then it was after the Sport was the classic. Okay, right. So you could get a classic, which was like the newer version, but it still kind of harkened back to the old boxy look. Okay, but the one I would want was is the um, Forestry Service. Yeah, and so I don't know anything about. Okay, this. so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you I'm gonna pull it up here just okay. so you can have it. And one thing I do know is that four liter was an inline six, and that thing was just like a tractor engine. Yeah, it they was run totally forever. Totally bulletproof. All right, so the Forestry Service Jeep is um, 
they're they're really special. They're green, and it's and the color that they are is it's OSHA green. Oh, so this is actually so yeah, an like official, a teal. Yeah, it's like this is the official. And if you go in the mountains now and you see like forestry trucks driving around, yep. this is the color that there are. Sure. And it's this teal mint green, and they came with steel wheels, cool little yeah. plastic flares, no radio, rubber floors, crank windows. So just basic. Just super basic. And we're uh, looking so, at a photo one. And yeah, I'll post really one up cool. on social media and stuff. But this is, I, I love these things. That's your ultimate. That or a Justy. I'm, I'm going back and forth right now. I'm having, I'm having like second thoughts about yeah. the Justy, but um, the the they're they're great. They're so simple. Like it's already a reliable vehicle. Yep. But if you can boil it down to like crank windows and exactly. no radio, nothing and to go wrong, nothing to go wrong. And I think that's probably why they chose these. You know, you're oh, out right. you're out at Firewatch, 400 miles from anything. Yep. You don't want this is an what they chose. Issue. You know, that's what they chose. Breaking you down. Yeah. So the fact that they chose this vehicle and they drove them up up until recently. Oh really? They used them for a really long time. Yeah. Um, I can see why. Yeah. So that's that's another one of my choices there. Yeah. Fun side story. So the friend I mentioned who had one of these and it was the two door. I think it was the sport, like you said, with that four liter. The thing was rusting away. It was, I mean, on its last leg, but the yep. engine would not stop. The transfer case finally went out. So you couldn't select between two two wheel drive and four wheel drive, yeah. and so what the guy his his dad at the time actually took out a stick welder and welded it into two wheel drive just so they could keep it on the just road so for a little bit going. longer. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, there. My my dad had a red one that looked just like this, except yep. it was uh, except it was red, and I, he didn't have it for that long. I never understood why, but it was stick, and you know I always kind of was like, oh, this thing is really cool. And yeah. when I was young, I didn't really know why it was cool. But it just kind of spoke to me for some reason. It's just this like boxy, like yeah, and it is you know, kind of hard to put it into words. But it is just kind of that simplicity. Yep, it's so reliable. Utility, 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 yep. utilitarian. It's the the non sport utility vehicle, just a utility vehicle. Exactly, yeah, not that sport. Why they call it a, the fad? They call it a sport anyway, but I don't think it was ever very sporty. <laughs> um, next on the list was the GMC Safari Safari All Wheel Drive, and the okay. only reason I want one of these in the wintertime is because you could get conversion vans. Okay. So you can have a small van. Okay, because, yeah, the Safari was their van, GMC's yep. van. But it's a small van. It's not based on the truck chassis. Yep. It's and not... I can picture it now that you mention it. It's yep. like the, the minivan before they were minivans. Right. Yeah, basically. And you could get them. And then they, I think they had a, you got the Safari, and then you had, could get the Chevy Astro van was kind of the yep. Chevy version yeah, or whatever. What but you could get conversion van versions. So you could have captain seats and shag rugs and TVs. Basically in a this... couch in the back. Yeah. yeah. So you could, <laughs> if you went off the road and got stranded, you'd be okay because right, you could live you in the thing until you could get TV. towed out. So I, I really like those. And I almost bought one, but they just don't tow enough. Oh, this was going to be your tow vehicle. It was going to be my tow vehicle. Tahoe out there or yep. Suburban. What yep. is that? It's a Tahoe. Okay. Yeah, it was... It was it just didn't work out. They can only <laughs> the transmissions would they're V sixes. Right, I was gonna the say the transmissions suck for you know they don't wow. last that long for towing anything. But that would be fun as a, a winter beater, and they came in all wheel drive as well. Yep. So next we have the Porsche Cayenne, and these are just starting to become they're a little cheap. more affordable now. Yeah, six to eight thousand dollars you can get one, and well, which is basically probably pocketbook suicide, really. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, because I looked at these as well. And the base model Cayenne, that first generation, actually had the VR6 in it, the 3.2 liter with, I mean, it had not the Haldex, but it was basically because this is when I was getting ready my R32. And I was like, oh, well, I could just get a Cayenne. It'd be like an R32 in a bigger, heavier chassis. It feels like it's like a nicer Touareg, really. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 had, it had more capable stuff. I went to the uh, Porsche Sport Driving School with my buddy Glenn, who was on yep. a previous episode. We went out yep. to Birmingham. Maybe we should talk about that someday you should. with Glenn when he's here. Um, but we drove a Cayenne and they had okay. these special things set up where you could go drive so like it around. Off road track. Yeah, but we went up to water, up to the mirrors. Oh, wow. I mean, it was, we Fun. went up some super straight stuff where the guy's like, if you turn the wheel, this thing's going to roll over. You need to go down this straight. <laughs> so it's a testament. They are very capable. They are extremely capable. Um, but it's still, it's, I don't know if I would ever look at one driving around and go, yeah, that guy's cool. I would be more like, yeah, well, that guy's a kind of a, yeah, it, they, it's because the people that are driving these older Cayennes now, they're not driving them because it's a Porsche or it's a cool, capable vehicle. It's 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 the image. Well, yeah, but they still the image is a little bit tied with Porsche. They bought it because it's a Porsche. True. If it wasn't a Porsche, they just would have bought like an Acura MDX or something, right? True. You know, so maybe it's a little bit of the Porsche stuff. They want to own a Porsche. This one's only sixty five hundred bucks, well, and they don't realize that, they it's going to cost them ten thousand dollars over the next year to maintain the thing. Right. Yeah, I don't know much about. I guess what they. If these things are just huge, you know, money pits or what? I, honestly, I don't know. But I imagine if they're that cheap, they must be. True. Because if they were reliable, 
they'd still be worth money. Yeah. Well, and maybe in the next few years, because they're not old enough where they're really kind of like a, a cool classic that people come back to. Right. Maybe this will be the next uh, kind of collector. This will be your winter beater 20 years from now. There you go. Yeah, why not? They're, I think Are they aluminum, too? Maybe they're aluminum, which maybe they won't rust. Uh, some of the Bonnie panels are, I'm sure. Anyway, let's move on to some uh, some news. What do you got, Jake? Yeah, we're going to run down some kind of fast facts. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Which of those cars Oh, I, uh, yeah, I choose? need to pick. I'm still I'm torn between the Cherokee and the Justy. What's what about you? Well, since I have an option to go back to my Mark IV 32, I'm going to do that. You're going to do that? Yeah. Okay. Because that thing was just so fun. What about besides that? Since that's too easy. Yeah, I'll do an older Audi then. Okay. You are S4. Okay. With the 20 valve turbo. You're going to drive those things are worth a ton of money. I know. You drive that thing around <laughs> in the winter. Well, if that's my choice, you better get those. You know those little protected by rusty and it's got a little redheaded dude on the window oh, the really? 80s cars. I haven't seen that. you haven't seen that it's no. like it's like rust ease or something like that it's like a little redheaded dude okay and he uh and he was he, this a product yeah or? they would drill holes in the car and they would fill it with this goo oh really? and then it was supposed to keep your car from rusting but you know, it didn't work it, okay i'm gonna go on a little sidetrack speaking of that i don't know if it's actually rusty's but a lot of the cj jeeps and I, it was the jk not jk because that's the new one anyways my dad got an older wrangler and these things are notorious for rusting out. Right. And it's the frame rails that actually will rust out for some reason, not just the body. So what he did is he drilled holes in, filled it full of, like, used drain oil, and then sealed it back up. Here he is. This is oh, Rusty I'm Jones. looking at Rusty. Guaranteed, Guaranteed ru- rust proof. But the thing is, is you're in the junkyard, and you're walking around. And like, you look, see these? And you see these, and it's, like, guaranteed to rust. <laughs> I mean, it was just, they put these little plastic plugs on things, wow. and they were just, I mean, look at this. There's pictures of these cars, just toilets, just rusted to hell. Yeah, apparently it didn't work very it well. It did. It which was Which is awful. why we don't see this product All it did is introduce anymore. holes into your yeah, car. Yeah, good point. You're it basically drilling a hole for rust to show up. Anyway, what do we got for news? Yeah, we'll do some quick stories here that I found from the week. Um, not a big NASCAR fan, but this is kind of interesting. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We're talking about NASCAR. Yeah, we're okay. talking okay. about NASCAR. Okay, go for it. Go. <laughs> okay. No, I think you're going to like this. Okay, actually. all right. Yeah, because I know NASCAR, it's kind of, it's not the most interesting of most. Do I need sports. to move my mic to the left? Hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Well, no, I will say for NASCAR, have you ever seen one of their, it's like two of the season where they do road courses instead of circle tracks? No, I just, that I've never been, well, yeah, because those guys never do that. So it must exactly. be kind of interesting it's, to see. It's very fun to see because these cars aren't set up for those road tracks, anyways. Yep. Speaking of different types of tracks, for 2018, they're supposedly introducing a dirt track for NASCAR. What? Yes. Wow. I would watch that, I think. Exactly. It's still a small circle track, but being on How dirt. Small? Is it like circle track racing, like real dirt it, circle so track? So I saw a photo with this story, and it showed a smaller circle track racing. Okay. I don't know if, how big it is. All right. Have you been to the dirt circle oh, track yeah. stuff? Uh, but uh, it's crazy how that the dirt actually turns to like almost like cement. Yeah. Have you ever gone out and like touched the dirt? No, I guess I haven't. It's hard as a rock. It's crazy right. and it's well, super which is slippery. Why, yeah, these guys can actually get up to speed and they're yeah. you know they're they're doing it's incredible. They're basically drifting the yeah. entire course. You can taste the dirt in your mouth the <laughs> whole time. It just, yeah, it keeps getting well, that would be interesting and... to see because a lot of those guys their roots are in circle track. Exactly. Well, that's that kind of, they kind of said it's harkening back to the early days of NASCAR. Right. Because that's how it got its start. Yeah. Yeah, that I'm would be cool. I'd, I'd see that. I'm curious to see if they're using their same cars, their same chassis for this. You know what I mean? Or are they going to use a different, like, with a little more ground clearance? I assume they're definitely going to use no different idea. tires. You can't run we'll slicks and out. dirt. No, that's probably not going to work <laughs> out so good. <laughs> that would be very you know, interesting. I would like to see, you know, I would watch NASCAR if the team's cars were their own. That's okay. my big problem with NASCAR is all the engines are the same. Yeah. All the chassis are the same. Right. So the only thing that changes is the setup and the driver. And I get that because it's like well, you want it to be about the driver. You want it to be about the, the setup of the car. Yeah. And, but I just don't care about that. I want to see in, innovation and see, ingenuity. Exactly. And that's I, I heard an analogy the other day that it was way back. But NASCAR is featuring the driver, whereas a lot of these other series are featuring the car. And the driver. Yeah, in a lot of cases. F1, I suppose, is a lot of times the driver and the car. Yep. But like a Le Mans series or the Rolex. Rolex, though, that's a formula type thing where they're all using a similar chassis as well. But at any rate, yeah. So NASCAR really is about the driver, and it's the exact same setup of and, car. And the beer. Right, the sponsorships. Yeah, sponsorships. Well, I know. It used to be like the, uh, wasn't the Bush League? 
because that was the lower Bush end. League? That's like a new, well, that's, that's where that came from. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. It's because there was the top of the line NASCAR series, and then the lower one was actually called the Bush League. I did not know that. Yeah, I'm pretty okay. sure that's where that saying came from. And then it switched over to like the Sprint series for a while. Okay. And now I want to say it's actually the KNN series. Okay. Is what they're calling it. So we'll start going around being like, yeah, that's a real KNN, whatever that is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else we got? Next up, uh, McLaren released a new model, the Senna. It's hideous. Have you seen this? Yeah. So they're calling it the F1 successor, and it's named after the F1 driver, the famous F1 driver, Ayrton Senna. It's a, it's, it's a, he's got to be rolling over in his grave because the thing just. <laughs> you think it's like, an abomination? It is. It's, it's like, what are we, what are we trying to do? Why are we, why? I, I think it's supposed to be super lightweight, but super it looks back to basics, but it looks super ugly. Yeah, it's. I, I didn't. Stare I love at when it form follows function enough. well, but when form follows True. function and it looks terrible, <laughs> I just can't get into then it. Then you get man. a modern F1 car. Yeah, exactly. Or you just get this thing. It's just it's really long. It was which long, is pr- probably for the aerodynamics. Yep. You know? a lot of aero technology going into Maybe it. Maybe I don't know if the wheelbase is different or not. It certainly looked at like I, a longer it does wheelbase look longer or something. From a couple photos I saw, as I, well. I don't like it. I but think as it's the really roof ugly. Scoop was the one thing they pointed out to say. You know, this harkens back to the original F1, McLaren okay. F1. And, but uh, you know why, what I was Why are they doing though? this, though? Why? Why, why are we still... Well, I think because the real reason is McLaren is doing well with their sales, and people want to buy more of their cars now. But why don't we come out... Why don't we kind of advance the technology a little bit? Why don't... That's what in the a new chassis, did. In a new chassis, why don't we build the next car? Why is it that, you know... My, because this is cheaper and more profitable. Lamborghini, but stupid. I don't care. Lamborghini <laughs> does the same thing. Urus, they've got, they've the Lamborghini Urus. No, but I'm talking about all like the Super Ligera this and the SV that and all the different Lamborghinis that came out. That's totally different than, you know, your 911 model range, too. It's it's the same <laughs> shit. Come on, guys. Let's let's try and advance the push no, the envelope. It's because a what's here. really pushing this, uh, I guess, their marketing is it's probably it's, too it's expensive sales. to continue to develop a new design. So they're continually developing new technology, probably exactly. for the new model. And they kind of maybe supporting that advancement with these other well, yeah, I you mean, know, it, shitty it's things all that about they push out to us. Bottom line, these car manufacturers. I I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't like it. I think <laughs> at least for in this particular car, I don't think it's attractive. And no, I don't and, and what's, I, what's interesting about this, the Senna is you remember in the F1 where they had I think it was like a polycarbonate um, window and then they had the little windows inside the actual window frame. So it wasn't the whole window that rolls right. down. It's just like the little thing. And didn't the, De- the DeLorean do this as well on a couple of the Subaru SVX? Yeah. <laughs> so this car, this Senna, this brand new 2018 model has that. Which just, is well, totally they're just, it's probably because there's no window motors or something. And they right. Just I think that's why I say it's going back to like a super lightweight chassis. If it's a car that can't be driven on the street reasonably, I'm not interested. Like I my, agree. my test is can I take my wife out in this car? Okay. On a cruise for seventy-five to eighty miles without her telling me, "Get me the fuck out of this thing." Yeah, that's it. I mean, that's or go through the drive-through. You can't anything, go through the drive-through with any, those. If you can't live with it, <laughs> as if you can't make the choice to drive it on a daily basis, you might not want to. But if you're going to be miserable driving well, it on a daily basis, why? Why? Yeah, I'm trying to think of if that's going too far as a benchmark. I don't know, man. What else? Like, where are you going to drive this thing? I, I guess some rich guy is going to go drive it on the track or let it atrophy in his garage. But you, yeah. even a McLaren, like a McLaren F1, I still feel like you could drive that every day. A McLaren F1 GTR, no. Right. But a regular McLaren F1, you wouldn't want to, but you could. It's not awful to be in. Yeah. The new Ford GT, I think you could drive that every day. Yeah, actually, they've been saying that one's actually much more comfortable. Than so some of this stuff that GT. is just out of control, like the P1 GTR or whatever, I mean, this is there. These just are exercises fo- in engineering, basically. Exactly, and it There's just doesn't. Halo I don't want to say that it's stupid, but it doesn't interest me. It doesn't move me. Well, I'm not. I think it interests a lot of people. I think you're right, and <laughs> but it doesn't interest me. I, I, I'll never drive that. Well, I you know if you could, I would want to ride. <laughs> Because I don't think we can ever afford to drive. Maybe those. I'm just a bit bitter. I think you're that jealous. I yeah. Maybe I'm bitter and envious <laughs> a little bit, but I don't know, man. Like new, some of the new 911 GT2 RS stuff is hideously expensive too. But that car yeah. almost seems like you could still drive that around a little bit well, because it's just a Beetle. All right, moving on. <laughs> what else? We got? Uh, next in the news, uh, this is kind of boring, but I thought I'd mention it because it does pertain to cars. Uh, that new tax bill we've been hearing so much about that just gone through. That also will retain the electric vehicle credit, which they were trying to throw out. Yep. So 
if you bought uh, or are buying a new electric vehicle, I guess uh, there you go, Chris. Yeah, great. So a bunch of rich guys can have my money because yeah. they, they, they need it. Right. They need my 8000 or $9,000 for their Tesla. Yeah, great. I might Enjoy. go buy one now. Yeah, go Since buy your dual motor Tesla, and I'll give you a, you know part of, <laughs> part of my income so you can do it. And here's another one since we're uh, grinding Chris's gears already. That comes later. But here's another one you'll love. Uh, Volvo Autonomous Vehicles. They uh, have selected for a pilot program or a beta program 100 families. Describe family. So this is what the article said. It's interesting. I think they selected 100 individuals who were basically going to be using this as like their regular vehicle with their families. They wanted to make sure. Would you take out, like, if you had kids? Well, that's what's interesting, too. I have kids. I would not take them out in this thing. <laughs> in this death trap that no hasn't way. been tested. So this is what they're calling the, quote, level four autonomous vehicle, which is completely hands-off, as right. I understand it. Yep, pretty this much. This is the sci-fi you put in the address, and it goes. Yep. So they basically have a beta program going for 100 um, drivers or users, whatever we're calling them in this scenario, to be testing this vehicle set for release for 2021. Wow. That's only three years, basically, from now. Well, four if you're... Yeah, I guess three. Oh, God, the year's the almost the year. over, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, man. And I keep saying to myself that, you know, well, this autonomous driving, this is it's getting a lot of hype, but it's still so far out. We don't have to worry about it. If they actually make this goal and release this in 2021, it's here. And then Uber bought a billion of these or whatever yep, it was. for their Volvo anyway, program. Anyway, I'm going to try and just pretend this isn't happening. Yeah, we've heard a, a lot a of you on this. Uh, I know. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to comment on this one. It's it's fine. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it's I fine. mean, you have to at least acknowledge It's going to happen, and that's fine. And it's fine. It's fine. The way I look at it, Chris, is now we don't have to worry about the old grandma in the lane next to us hitting us because her car will just drive herself. Great. Good for them. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't care anymore. What do you have for news? Um, so <laughs> my news is on an electric car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I and I wanted to touch on this a little bit because I, you know, the more I see the the Tesla stuff, um, I I wonder where are the other manufacturers? Right. Where is you know where is Ford? Where is? It's an interesting question. So I this was kind of like a little bit of a press release from Porsche, but they have their Mission E, which yep, you know this. snarkily. In the in the press release, it says that it's the first real electric sports car. Ooh, real! So, yeah, it's the first real electric sports car, which is right. obviously a dig at a Tesla. dig at Tesla. Um, here it says Porsche has yet to launch its first all electric vehicle, the Mission E, but it is already warming up to electric vehicles after seeing demand switching to the hybrid version of its cars. Hmm. In France, for example, the figure is seventy percent. In Austria, it's over eighty. Belgium, it's over 90. And these are their sales of hybrid Hybrids vehicles. Hybrids right now. Wow. When it comes to incoming orders, the Scandinavian countries are showing their high affinity for electric mobility. In Norway, 90% of all Pan America customers ordered a hybrid model. Wow. While in Finland, the figure is 85%. Those data points seem to push Porsche to think more about the electrification of its model lineup and that hybrids are probably not the best way to go. So if wow. I skip ahead here, it says... Um, now Porsche plans for 50% of its production to be electric within six years. Wow, that's a big shift. That's a big shift. So it's basically everything is just like really moving fast. Like the, yeah. I think Porsche's like I think that Ford just announced that they're going to be moving their uh, their their auto their electric stuff to research to Detroit. I don't oh, know okay. where it was, but I don't remember where they said they were. But, but they're kind of bringing it home then. Bringing it home. And there's uh, there's test facilities for practicing government regulation now that are being built. Yeah, we talked about this yep. before. So when is regulation going to step yep, in? Yep, yep. So wow. that's 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 happening. So this is going. It's moving fast. Quick. And everybody that I talked to was like, "Yeah, this is this is not going to happen. This is the future." This that was isn't. my sentiment. Yeah, it's 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 going to be sooner than you think. I'm not talking the full ban of electric cars. I don't want to. I don't want to talk about electric cars anymore. I already regret having this news story because I'm already <laughs> just like I don't want to talk <laughs> about it. Anymore. Up. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah, no, that is interesting to see. And I was uh, looking forward to hearing more about that Mission E because if you've seen photos of this thing, it looks amazing, at least from the renders. Um, Which we have here. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't deny it's a beautiful car, and I'm assuming the technology is just going to be amazing. So would you? what do you think is going to happen to the 911 when... See, that's what's interesting. Okay, so what are, what's going to happen to racing and motorsport and stuff? Because you can't, you can't put a any of these cars in like a high performance mode with batteries and then go out and drive them on the track for 24 hours. Well, and so I what, think how is all this going to, isn't there actually a, a racing? There is right e-tron e e racing. E yep. Yeah. But that's not, nobody gives a shit right now. I think we will. Y we're going to have to, but what's going to happen? Yeah. Are we going to be, are we going to have like 
you know, is this going to be like a remote control car where you just have one battery charging on the side and yeah, then you swap see, the battery is, pack in and go Tesla drive it was, some more? Speaking of your favorite company, Tesla was actually looking at rapid battery changing stations where it's like you pull into a car wash, basically, or I use that as an analogy because you pull in and then it basically remove from the chassis your battery pack that's modular and put in a different one. They were looking at that technology instead of rapid charging. You just swap these things out. I but have, I could see that being the I solution. I have no idea where all these batteries are going to come from. I know the None. actual raw materials, because what is it? Lithium, lithium. and that's all in China. It's all in Asia. And, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'm not sure where where Porsche is going to go with this. What well, I mean, I is anybody going to want, or or is it something that's going to be like, well, this is what there is, so this is the best right. of what there it's is. Going to be just because think about quo. this: when you have Volkswagen Auto Group, you know, yeah. their fit and finish. Like if you look at like a a Bugatti Veyron, right, mm -hmm. or a Chiron. And you see people like driving a P100D right next to it, and they're like, "Oh my God, look at this P100D blew the doors off this Chiron." But you have right. to look so at talking about the Tesla model. Yep. So now think about um, the Chiron and the fit and finish and the quality of that car. Yeah, it's on a totally different and let's, level. Let's now let's bring that down to the same company okay. is building a Porsche, mm -hmm. and they just partnered with you know partner with already partners but they started talking to audi and volkswagen about sharing all this technology so you're going to have the fit and finish of porsche with the technology mm -hmm. tesla cannot possibly hope to compete with the fit and finish of volkswagen auto groups cars well i think the only reason tesla is doing so well and has been so successful in this is because they've been they're very quick with their technological innovation they basically are a tech company not an automotive company and that really comes through with a lot of like their product releases, as we've talked about before. They're just kind of teasing at like you'd buy the new iPhone. It's not made yet. You can't get it yet. But that's how they're producing their vehicles and how they're marketing them as well. So what's kept them ahead? I want you to look at this okay, up on so the screen right now. It up. It's the first Tesla Model S station wagon completed. Whatever. Who cares what it is? Okay. Look at the shop that they're in. Yeah, that's weird. Look at this. It looks like your home garage shop. It's not like an automotive production facility. <laughs> there's like there's tools laying out on the workbench. Is this actually a like first official? look at the final design of the very first Tesla Model S wagon? The company shared a few more images on Twitter. So these are from the company. What That's is really this? Weird. It looks like someone maybe just took it home in their garage. So is this the this is what I'm saying? How can they possibly expect to compete? With big manufacturers, yeah, they don't have the when it finally comes, I, here's what I think is happening. I think okay. all the manufacturers are doing research, they're sitting on their laurels, yes. and they're going to come out with something, and it's just going to take the biggest, stinkiest shit all over Tesla. <laughs> and I, they're going to be, what you mean. they're going to be fucked. Well, yeah, and I guess I can't talk much about the the fit and finish or the quality of a Tesla. I've been in one, but I haven't, I guess, really looked at all their different models to see where it's at compared to our standard automakers. But it, it is interesting. They don't have kind it's of the kinda, capacity. It's kind of quiet, have. right? Like all the manufacturers are kind of quiet. All the news on this stuff it's is basically Tesla. So what's their happening? Their production cycles are so much slower. They're so much more methodical about their production. That's because the cars don't suck. They don't suck. They, they, don't, or, they don't release cars where the door handles don't work, where you can't even get <laughs> in. They don't release cars where it's your, to, to go the fastest, it takes 10 minutes to turn on ludicrous mode. Are we going to talk about that? No, I don't. Okay. I want to. I almost want to just drop this because I don't want to, yeah. you know, dig into this too no, much. No, you're right. But I, I just. It is a different mindset for the company, though. They think of themselves as a technology company, and I'll play devil's advocate. Maybe that is going to be the new way that we have to produce our vehicles, rather than the old school. You have ten years for a model development cycle, and then you go into testing for another couple of years. I, I don't know. Moms and pops don't care about Tesla. They just want to buy a Ford. I think you're right. I think the everyday person just wants to buy a Ford, a Chevy, GM, a Honda, a Cord, whatever. They just want to buy a simple, easy car. They don't need something that has a plaid mode. They just want to get in their car and go to work and come home and have it not be a pile of shit that breaks down. That's why Honda sells cars, because those are the people with the money. Those are the That's the largest percentage of the populace is just the regular people that just want to buy a car. If they're not enthusiasts, they just... It's just utility to them. Yeah, because that's what's available in their price point and gets good reviews and is known. Right. So what happens if this Model 3 that we haven't seen yet? It won't be. You don't There's think no that's going to be there? That's I not going to be don't. affordable, reliable, getting good reviews? No, I don't. I don't, I don't think it's going to be based on what I'm seeing from their workshops and everything else and all the <laughs> you know consumer reports do not buy. I don't yeah. think they're going to be reliable enough for the average average uh, population. Yeah. I think 
once the the big three and everybody else gets into it and starts making cars that don't suck mm-hmm. that are reliable, then you'll probably see some adoption. But it's not going to be any of this. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So um, I wanted to pull up one more photo here, and okay. this, this is something that you've probably seen me rant a little bit about. If you follow me on Instagram and some, not I don't know if that you I, don't, do. You, do you rant? No, never. No. So this is. Um, <laughs> I saw this the other day. Okay. And what we're looking at here is a uh, is a Momo steering wheel. Yes. And this is a Momo collab- is the aftermarket Italian brand of steering wheel. Yep, yep. It's been you know it's been around forever. It was in all kinds of vintage race cars. If you look at any exactly. old Porsche, this is the wheel it had, or maybe it had a Donahue or something. If you if you were Mark Donahue, but generally, this is the wheel that you see in almost every car. Yep. And old Ferraris had them. They had exactly, but they were three hundred eighty millimeters. The one that's popular now, and this isn't a prototypo, but it doesn't escape my point. Is the 350 millimeter wheel? Okay, so which, we're talking the diameter of the yeah steering the wheel. diameter steering wheel. So when I'm in my car and I have a 300 in my 911, yep. my, it's an old car, 72 911, and I put the steering. If I put a Momo Prototipo or any other 350 millimeter steering wheel on, I can't see half my gauges. I right. can't. They're gone. So everything above 60 miles an hour gone. My <laughs> oil temperature gone, gone. Right, okay. I can't see it. It's not there anymore because it's covered would, up by the steering wheel. Is this wheel. a general problem for everyone, or is it just like anyone a with a 911 position? No, or? this it has nothing to do with seating position. Okay. It's all the wheel. So I, I sent a message to them, being like, "Hey," and I sh- and the ones that would fit my car, yeah. um, are 380 millimeter steering wheels. Okay, if I have that in there. I can see all my gauges. Right. Okay, it's still smaller than the than the standard wheel. Okay, but it's a little bit bigger. But the thing is, is everybody that owns a Ferrari. This is what their car would have came with. So the wheels are three thousand dollars. Wow! To okay. get a three hundred and eighty millimeter Momo prototype so you can't wheel, find these. you cannot find them. They're really rare. I said, "Hey guys, how about you remake these? There's an entire Porsche market waiting for you. Let's do yeah. this." They basically said, "Fuck off. We're not doing this." Interesting. So then the other day, I yeah. see this new wheel that they released, which we've got up here on the screen. And I'll make sure I post <laughs> it. It says, "The Momo Motorsport Rare Cops, one of three hundred. Which collab wheel do you want to see next?" Okay. And here is a steering wheel that has illest yeah stitched into it and this is an official product of one of the most legendary r- race wheel companies yeah. of all time yeah and this is and i'm the just whole... and i just don't How i would you don't just, get it like what is the illest i, I know of it's in the scene and it's kind of like that means it's cool is illest a brand as well it's like just scene scene shit yeah you know, scene stuff but it's I know they're trying to appeal to this market because it's a it's a really big market. All the import tuners, all that stuff. Yeah. But I think the way that you get that market is by making something that's really really good, and then these people are going to want to appeal or rise up to that rather than coming down to their level. Uh, yeah. I you see know, everybody point. wants to put a Recaro and a Sparkle in their car yep. because that's the best that there is. Yep. They don't want to put a Recaro or Sparkle in their car because they have one that says Illus stitched on the headrest. I agree. There's going to be a very limited market for this. One but of three. To your point. There's a hell of a bigger market with your 380 maybe wheel for the Porsche. I don't know, but I was just really disappointed that they <laughs> they just said that they're not going to do it. I know, just not going to. They so, at one point they said we're thinking about it, and then I sent them a message back with a picture of me sitting in my car, not being able to see any of the gauges. Asked, <laughs> I'm like, how is it going? How is it going with this research and development on the wheel I want? So you just were an asshole to them, and that's why they dropped not it. Not at first. No, I was <laughs> moderately polite. On a scale of 1 to 10, I was probably like a 6 okay. on the polite scale. Um, 1 would be like if Dennis Rodman was trying to get a steering wheel done. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> yeah, they kind of blew me off, right? Yeah. So I, I'm not really sure where it's going. I was just going to make a joke. So it says on their post here that they're uh, collaborating with this for these wheels. You should say that we want to collab as Overcrest to do a You know, I, I tried getting a hold of the guy that runs Momo. Oh, really? Um, but I, he might not be there anymore. He didn't get back to me. I'd love to spearhead something like this where, hey, check out this you know wheel that I've got. You know, who knows? Right. Who knows what could happen? But as of now, it ain't happening. Yeah. So um, anyway, we're running out of time a little bit. What I would like to get into is if you have anything that you think might piss me off, if you want to. Uh, yeah. Well, grinding Chris's gears. And yeah, I, what do you I got? won't subject our listeners to uh, my intro again this. But, you <laughs> That's know. That's too bad. Well, okay. We could if we wanted to. But at any rate, uh, there are a couple of things that will grind your gears. And the first of which is one that I just noticed driving home the other day. Um, have you seen these video billboards 
Yes. Okay, so rather than a regular static billboard, it's basically a giant video screen. Yeah. And when you're driving at night, they're super bright. I was just going to say, it's a giant fucking blinding super light. Super distracting. Yep. And now they are, instead of just rotating static photos or advertisements, there's actual videos. Oh, I haven't seen the video on. ones yet. Oh, yeah. And How is this legal? This is like completely distracted driving. It. Just wait for it. The ad that I saw as I'm driving by was against distracted driving. Was it a video? It was a video advertisement against distracted driving on one of these billboards. And everyone, as I'm driving next to them, are all watching this screen oh as we're driving God. by. You got to be kidding me. I, so, yeah. that, that kinda, They're extremely bright. I can't even. I mean, yeah. if you're driving at night and there's no other streetlights, they are just glaring. I'm surprised this hasn't been an issue. Or, you know, maybe they could dim them if they're really going to keep doing these. Why would they? That would be... The against, brighter, the better for exactly, them. Exactly, for their advertising space. Okay. So that that really ground my gears more than anything. But what I really wanted to get into here is my um, adoption of the motto that the Miata is always the answer. To what question? Every question, Chris. Cheap race car, Miata. Best daily driver, Miata. No. Best fun no, car, Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the, for the buck, Miata. Can, can we go one question at a time here? Nope, just the that best, is it. The Miata best daily driver the is a Miata. Sure. I have four kids. What am I going to do? <laughs> am I going to put them in the trunk or like duct tape them to the okay, dual case? Best, uh, best fun for the money, Miata. So, so I have a secret for you. Tell me. I have not driven a Miata. <laughs> so I, you know, I've. Um, so we're adding this to the list of cars that Chris yeah, so needs to drive. At, my buddy Lewis was all over me once because I was. I was just like so anti supercar, just so okay. like anti and just like super complainy about it and like <laughs> fuck those cars. I don't give a shit about those cars. And he's like, "Have you ever driven one?" And I said, "No." He's like, "Well, then how can you say this?" Yeah. So I've really tried to like tone back the the hatred for things that I haven't experienced. Okay. But I don't like Miatas. I know you don't. They, That's they, why I brought they this just up. look stupid. They look like they're little silly, happy little shit bags driving around the it's road. Because you're so happy when you're driving one, it fits. Do you? Like when you buy one of those, do they give you like a little straw hat to wear? <laughs> yep, and they take your balls and you know, they put them in a little the little Miata lockbox. Exactly. I just I don't think that it's a feminine car. I don't think you're cashing out your man car to drive one. Yeah, that was traditionally kind of the uh, stereotype of right, them. but it's the hairdresser. They've car. gotten better, right? I mean, the new like especially like the new MX Five or whatever is that's kind of considered the a, F, not FD, the um, M. ND chassis. Okay, so that's still a Miata. It basically, is a Miata. Yeah. That they don't really call it a Miata. Yeah, anymore. they call it the MX5. But yeah. yeah. So, but I mean, they're they get great reviews, but I just don't like how they look. They're too cute, and I know they're doing it on purpose. Yeah. That's their market is the cute little car you can throw the top down and well, drive are, the Whole Foods. They are really your fun organic to drive. peanuts. I just I don't I don't know, man. It's it's it, that would be like having a girlfriend. That is a great lay, but she's terrible to hang out with, and you don't actually want to show her to anybody. How is she terrible to hang out with? Miatas are great. No, because every time someone looks at you, they make an incorrect judgment about you. Okay. Or they would be making an incorrect judgment about me. Okay. Yeah, I just you got to work on your analogy then. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I I, I just can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I wouldn't want to be seen in one. Really? I I would just like every time I see a guy in one, I'm like, what is that guy trying to accomplish? Does he not care that I think he looks I silly see, in that I car? I still yearn for like a first gen NA Miata hard top. You just do a couple engine mods. I need, I need, I need power. They, it's how much power does your 911 have? Probably 230 to 250 okay. horsepower. A lot more than a Miata. Well, it would I, take I a lot to good, get a Miata. They make supercharger kits for them, and it's better balanced than your 911. I'll tell you that. So. It doesn't sound as good. It yeah. doesn't have any any culture or pedigree or heritage tied to it, other than winning SCCA races. But who I was going to say, there's like the Miata Cup. It's not called that. Yeah, they have a Miata, Miata Cup. Spec yeah, they have Miata. a Spec Miata Club because there's nowhere else you could take a Miata and have it do anything. <laughs> so you, they have go their, to any they have their own little course or come on. That's we're are what what size scale are we talking about here? I don't know. Are we talking about a world motorsport stage? Because if we are, nobody gives a shit about a Miata. Okay. But if we're talking are about... Are you competing on a world motorsports stage? No, here? but that's what everybody wants to aspire to. It's it's the best of the best. That's why people watch it. If nobody cared about that, they'd be watching SCCA races on TV. But no, they're turning into F1 and watching that. Nobody's so driving... So we should all drive F1 cars. There's but it's, in it's about aspirational. So we have okay. SCCA racing and autocross racing, which is fun i've done it it's fun i hate yeah. sitting around waiting right it's it's the in-between it's, it's in that sucks but 
that's all there is. That's that's what there is. There's no more than that for the Miata. That's it. That is that is it. There's nothing else above that. I would say some people just want to enjoy that. That's fine. I don't. You know, so, it doesn't. You know, I like. How's the, your race car career coming then? I'm not trying to be a race car driver, but my 911. Neither are these I like, guys who are driving Miatas and having fun. No, but I like when I drive my car. I go. This is the genetics and the DNA of what I'm driving is so special, and it carries like this this heritage in this, you know, one of the most winning race cars of all time. And, you know, you can kind of get an idea of what, you know, the other people that are driving them kind of feel the same way. When I, when I feel like I look at a Miata guy, I'm like, well, that guy likes driving, but maybe he doesn't actually know that much about cars. Maybe he just wanted to buy the funnest car to drive, but he's not really a car guy. That's, mm. that's, that's kind of the way that I look at Miatas, I guess. If I really, I'm kind of trying to dig deep into why I, I know. don't like them. And I, and I think that's what it is. You're going to have a lot of listeners that are going to be upset with you for saying that. That's okay. You can be the guy that loves Miatas, and I'll be the guy that doesn't love Miatas. Yeah, I just want to, you know, I want to. What, what percentage of car enthusiasts do you think like Miatas versus don't like Miatas? I would say it's close to half like them, at least. Okay. so the, I would oh, say more people, well. It depends also on kind of the subculture you're looking at. How about non-Miata owners? What percentage of non-Miata owners or people that haven't owned one think own they're cool? I've have you owned, owned one? one? No, I haven't. Do you want to own one? Um, So I have kind of my MG Midget, which fits that same bill. Now, no, it doesn't. Do you want to? No, because that's, no. <laughs> no, it's a, that's a British car. Those things fit their own bill. Yeah. Um, so only, well, I would here's say British theory. car owners would like Miatas then. Okay, here's my final theory on this, and you can, okay. and, I'll, and I'll let you take it, and okay. I won't respond. When you buy a Miata, or yeah. I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. The only people that like Miatas are the people that own one, want okay. to own one, or have owned one. That, Those, you could say that for any car. No, you can't. I've never owned a Hellcat, but I'm wearing the fucking shirt because the thing is awesome. And, and you a, want to own one. I you don't. fall into that category. Maybe not necessarily you, want to own I, one. I just think that's so generic you could say that for any okay, single car no, or product. A Rimac, a Rimac. I don't want to own a Rimac, but I still think it's cool. And which one's the Rimac? That's like the 1,200 horsepower one that uh, the little dude on Top Gear crashed. Oh, yes, the electric car. Yeah. So Richard Hammond. Hammond. So he crashed it, right? Right. Whatever. That doesn't have anything to do with, do with anything. But that car, <laughs> I would, I, I don't want to own that car, but I still think it's cool. But the only people that want to own Miatas are people that want to own one, have owned one. I don't know. know if I want to own one, but I still think they're cool. So I'm proving your point wrong right there. And you said I could have the last word. So there you go. All right. On that <laughs> note, guys, uh, I think, oh, wait, we got Craigslist Car of the Week. Yes, we do. Um, you so, almost skipped it. We should have done that uh, before. Yeah, that's, that's, I always like to leave you on an angry note. Oh, that's just what I need is to just be sweaty and angry. Yep. So the, the Craigslist Car of the Week this week was one that I found, and it is a 1959 Porsche 356A Coupe project car for parts or restoration. Yes. So, And what you can't see is the image that goes along with this posting. So we'll post it on we'll post it on on Instagram and stuff like that, so you guys and the show notes so you can see it. But what percentage did, did you, of this did you list the price? Oh, the price is fourteen thousand dollars. So you need to know that before we even go into this vehicle. This thing could be fifty bucks, and I don't think it's worth it. It's just scrap metal. So how much metal? What percentage of this car, in terms of metal, still exists? So there's thirty five percent. It's just the body. It's a shell. There's yep. no running gear. There's no suspension that I can tell. Certainly no engine. No interior, and it's. Maybe maybe sixty percent there as far as the Look, metal. They've got it on a forklift. There's and no it's, floor there's pan. literally a pallet. Yeah, they on have the to forklift it with a pallet because there's no floor pan. It's missing, I think, two fenders, one front, one back, and it's you can tell nothing straight on the entire chassis either. I mean, this isn't anything that you can even start with from a building point. All right, so so what is so what is going on here exactly? Do you think why are they? It's because these classic Porsches, especially pre nine eleven, meaning the pre nine eleven model, um, they're these three fifty sixes, five fifty spiders, anything like that are just astronomical in value. So these people who have these rusty shells that are literally been sitting in a junkyard, they're just dragging that, them out. Yeah, they're dragging them out, thinking they can actually get top dollar for them. Because and sometimes they do. It. There's guys that buy up almost anything and well, just. I think there's a difference, too, because there are some particular chassis numbers that have some sort of history to them or prestige. So if that was like a, a race winning car, I could see taking like maybe just the, the there isn't a frame, but some part of it and restoring it. I That always bugs me because at that point, all it is is a VIN number that well, you're it's buying. It's like what's the Washington's hatchet? You know, the old adage, it has three replacement heads and four replacement handles, but it's still the same hatchet. Right. Yep. It's the same thing. You're right. It's it's not the same car. 
So this guy has a bunch of other cars for sale that I wanted to show you. And I just want you it's to just comment as we scroll thing. by. Look at this. A 1984 Ferrari 400 GTI Coupe project. So this project. thing looks like it's been through a couple fires. It, it has been on fire. It's not <laughs> but 10 that's grand. But still much more uh, complete than that 356 we were looking at. Yeah, so this guy's just pulling, and it looks like he owns a junkyard, or at least he's collecting junk vehicles that are, you know, have some collector appeal to them. So I, I wonder if people are actually buying cars from this guy. What do you do? Do you come up to this guy and go, yeah, actually, I, I'm only going to give you 1500 bucks for this thing? He wouldn't take that because you see he's got in the image he has racks and racks racks of three fifty six of three fifty sixes they're all he's trash. just holding them. I wonder if he bought this inventory from somebody. Just bought the entire Either inventory. Either that or this guy's seventy years old and's been collecting since he's fifteen. I don't think so. I think that this this guy bought this inventory and it was all somewhere and he pulled it all out of a field and now he put it on the pallet racking and he's just and now he's just trying to like ask in top dollar. That could be. That sucks. I'm sure because the 356 market and the guys that know these cars isn't that huge. I bet someone because where is this located? Los Angeles, of course. Out in L.A. in prime uh, Porsche country out yep. there. The collectors. Well, it's where the money is, I should say. Right. I'm sure people know of this guy. I hope so. I hope everybody. I want to almost call this guy and be like, "What are you doing?" But that would be just, interesting to record that. Yeah, should we? Should I call? Maybe we'll do that <laughs> I, next episode. I just think call you'd the have guy's to get his permission to put it on. You probably the cast. would. Yeah, but it. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting because you're right. I wonder if he's selling any of these. Anyway, all right. On that note of super rusty pile of shit cars, we're gonna we're gonna say goodbye. Please don't forget to stop on uh, social media and see us. Please leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you uh, wherever you like to listen. It really matters a lot to yeah. us. And, and beyond that, give us your thoughts. Tell us what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. What yeah. do you want to hear next time? Yep, that sounds great. Um, share with your friends if they're into cars. Absolutely. All right, bye guys. Bye. All right, speaking of winter, I wanted to get into a little bit of what we do up here. What the fuck is wrong with you, man? Oh my god. I'm sorry, you're over here touching the wall like it's some sort of like I'm not I swear I'm not high or anything. I just I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>